Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Well, 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 Zarin Burnett. What's up, Elizabeth Dutton? I missed you. How you been? I'm, I'm all right. All right. Good to hear it. Uh, you know what's ridiculous? Oh, girl, do I. Uh-oh. Okay, so Chuck Berry, the uh, <laughs> rock and roll legend, he once performed so poorly at a show that it was considered a crime. Yeah, in 2013, the rock and roll legend was in Finland for a show, but he did such a piss poor job that the crowd took legal action. Now, when I say legal action, what I mean is under Finnish law, you can... like. You can basically get your money back. If a crowd deems that the performance was subpar, the mm-hmm. concert promoters are on the hook. They legally are required to give back 50% of the money spent on the ticket. So basically, if you go to a show in Finland, you're only in it for half. Yeah. You can always be like, nope, this was bad. I'm out. And so the, how, a what, large part of the crowd did it to, to, yes, to Chuck Berry. I don't know. Well, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know what else is ridiculous? Oh, I always do. A fire chief slash low-level drug dealer who wears rose-colored glasses. All, wait, all at once? Mm-hmm. This, is all, this is all one person? All at once. I like this. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast, did you know that, about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and And 100% ridiculous. All right. 
I've said before that I've never been to Florida. And we've talked about correcting that. Yeah. One place I would like to eventually see there is Key West. It's dope. The southernmost point of America. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a big Ernest Hemingway fan in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so that's not the attraction. The it house just, is cool, though. It has a bunch of cats. That's what I'm saying. It seems... Oh, his house? Yeah, Whatever. it has a bunch of cats. No, you would like the cats. Um, <laughs> very, very. Anyway, uh, it seems just like an interesting place. Key West. Key West yeah. does. Um, I like spaces at the edge of continents. Yes, the sandy shifting edge of the continent. Yeah, combat. like the, the fringe invites fringe characters. Ooh, yeah, you know? good point. From what I understand, Key West is full of absolute characters. Yes, yeah. I can confirm. Have you ever been there? A bunch. I went there as a kid and loved it because the way, like, when you're a kid, you look and you see adults acting like a spectacle. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. Can we come <laughs> back here? And I just loved it because you have to go for a really long time. If you're driving from Georgia, you have to go all the way down through Florida. And then when you get to the end of Florida, you get to Miami. You think that's really close. Then you have to drive through all of the keys. You're over these little low bridges. And as a kid, you're like, is this road ever going again? Yeah. And then when it finally does end, you're in Key West, which is like an amusement park for adults. Yeah, it's I just, love that. Yeah, I really do. I love it. that. So I got a tip about uh, today's story from a gentleman named Christopher mm. over on Instagram. I'm going to tell you the story of a man, a man with terrible fashion sense, horrible criminal instincts, and perhaps one of the most unfortunate names you've ever heard. I was thinking that this was me you were talking about until you got to the most unfortunate no, name. You, you I was have like, a beautiful okay. name. Yeah. I need you to picture it. Oh. I need you to close your eyes. My eyes are closed. It's September 9th, 1975, Key West, Florida. It's morning time. You're out jogging in your short shorts, Zarin. <laughs> As one does. You're just living your best life. I think you're probably jogging topless. As one does. You know... I, as an aside, I feel like men hung out in public with no shirts on, or as I like to say, topless, uh, more often in the 70s. Even into the 80s. That's when they got the half shirt. That's when yeah. it started. They're like, let's put <laughs> on. Like, we'll just get halfway. Well, they did like yard work, exercise, grilling, <laughs> walking around a county fair, topless. Jo- going for a job interview. Washing the car. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there you are. Jogging topless down (laughs) United Street in Key West. Late for a job interview. (laughs) It's a residential street lined with palm trees and modest mid-century bungalows in sort of muted neutrals and pastels. Oh, yeah. As you'd expect. Salmon-colored things. Mm -hmm. You stop to tie your shoe and you see a man exiting his house. Hmm. House is pink, Mm salmon-colored, which isn't uncommon. Uh, you see into the house through the open front door and you notice that both the walls and the carpet are red. It's uncommon. It's a bold choice. Yeah, it's very bold. Gold mirrors hang on the wall. The man, he's wearing a red leisure suit. So it's just replete with uh, what one might say bold choices. It is so delightfully bold. His neck, wrists, hands dripping in gold and little <laughs> tiny gems. <laughs> And he's wearing glasses. The lens is pink. Literal rose-colored glasses on this guy. So, like, this outfit, he's just heat radiating off of him. My new hero. Yeah, go on. You know know who this dude is, topless jogger Zarin. (laughs) Everyone in town knows who this guy is. He's the fire chief. Naturally. Dressed like a fire hydrant. (laughs) Um, He walks out to the street to get into his car. The car isn't red. It's bright green. (laughs) It's a bright green Cadillac Eldorado. Okay. That's a a big car. It has official city plates. It's a city vehicle. It's a city Eldorado. Yeah. And there are two stickers on the trunk. One is the seal of the Key West Fire Department. Okay. Keep it real. Right next to it is an image of uh, Santa Barbara. 
St. Barbara, the patron saint of firefighters. I was going to ask. Barb. Thank you. Barb. Painted in red on the car, El Jefe. <laughs> I'm serious. El Jefe, the chief. He's amazing. <laughs> yes, this he guy, is. This cat's amazing. <laughs> so just as he's getting into his car, two cars come like screaming down the road from down the block. They screech to a halt. And they're on either end. He can't, he can't move this Cadillac. It's a big car. Yeah. He needs room to move. <laughs> federal agents, a besuited federal agents jump out of the car. And they, they, they tell him, like, freeze. He's startled, the man in the rose-colored glasses. He starts fumbling around with his hands, and he pulls off a diamond-encrusted pinky ring and throws it at the guys. Wait, what? <laughs> Just uh, throws it. That's his protest? You can't, you can't see me fumbling. I'm doing yes. a, a, a version nice of it. Nice pantomime, by the I way. Am. Uh, so then he throws the pinky ring, and then he turns and runs. <laughs> but he's immediately tackled and cuffed by the agents. So he's using that as a distraction? Yeah. Okay. You, Zarin, have just witnessed the arrest of none other mm-hmm. than Bum Farto. Get out. No, that's not his name. His name is not Bum the Farto. The man's name is Bum Farto. Did he change it? His mama named him Bum Farto? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me back up a bit and I can explain this exquisite creature. Okay. So Joseph Farto. Uh-huh was born in Key West in 1919 okay. to Spanish immigrants. All right. The Fartos. <laughs> and a, some, a lot of times um, people with this last name would amend it to Fardo or Pardo in order to kind of blend. Uh-uh. Uh, the Fartos are like, we own this. They're proud. They're tooting it up. Um, <laughs> his parents, they're tooting their own Fardo horn. They're not trying to make a big stink about the no, weird name. No, not no. <laughs> The parents owned a fancy restaurant in town, uh-huh. and um, but they later fell on hard times and they had to sell the place. Oh, okay. Now, who bought it? A uh, fella named Joe Russell. Oh, do, should I know him? No. Is he famous? He, no. He oh. sold illegal booze to Ernest Hemingway oh. and his cats <laughs> during Prohibition, and they became friends. Oh, as one Chummy. does. Um, he bought the Fardo restaurant. Well, it was, okay, it was called the Victoria restaurant is what they named it. Okay. But he bought it from the Fardos at the corner of Duval and Green. Mm-hmm. And he moved his bar called Sloppy Joe's oh, into that spot. yes. Right. Apparently it's a quite famous place. It is, yes. I've not been there. I, I'm going to take everyone's word for it. Yeah, that's iconic. Another reason to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can go Don Lemon on New Year's. Oh my gosh, yeah. What's the <laughs> sushi where they get yes. in this shoe and it descends in the high yeah, heel the, pump the at Key West? Pump. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what I know of Key West, that's, which looks like pretty exciting. It pretty is. Fun. That's the best version of Key West. Yeah. And they always, the CNN correspondence at New Year's Eve, what we're talking about mm-hmm. is like the, you know, the, the it's a high heel shoe, right? Yeah, they the, do. It's a, the, instead of the ball dropping like in New York, it's a high heel. Yeah, and it's a and drag it queen named Sushi who yes. sits in uh-huh. it. And and the CNN correspondents just get lit. They yes. just are trashed. Yeah, they do their best impressions of liquor bottles. <laughs> I love that. As someone who doesn't drink, I like watching them. <laughs> I um, like to watch. So, uh, young Joe Fardo, uh-huh. he used to hang out at a fire station by his house, which was, they lived kind of like right behind this fire station. Sure. And he would just pester the firefighters. He was firefighter obsessed, hmm. as kids are. It's like John Wayne. That's how he got his name, Duke. Really? Or his nickname, too, because the name of the fire dog in his hometown. Well, that's, you know, this is how Ms. Little Fardo picked up his name. Really? Firefighters just issuing out cool well, nicknames. They are. They, I'm going to go hang out at a firehouse and see what they come up <laughs> me with. Too. I'm kind of scared what they would come up with me. Um, Walk away with a mustache and a cool nickname. <laughs> 
Short shorts. Um, so he would, little Joe Fardo, he'd be asking these firefighters, can I like hang out on your truck? Can I go for a ride with you? He would ask, he'd like ask them for money. Like, can I get some change to go buy candy? He'd ask them for candy. He's just always underfoot, Captain Underfoot. The firefighters started calling, like, get out of here, you bum. Mm-hmm. So then they started calling him bum. And that's how he picked up this name, Bum. He just started using it. Everyone he just introduced himself. Yeah. Goes to sixth grade class. The I'm nick- Bum Fardo. The nickname stuck. They're like, oh, there goes right. Bum. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> bum Fardo, at the age of 23, he becomes a volunteer firefighter. He gets in the door. Well, he earned their respect. He did it other, took him a while. He did a couple jobs beforehand. I think he was like, he had something to do with driving a hearse or something. Whatever. Oh. Anyway, so he becomes a volunteer firefighter. 18 years later in 1964, he's fire chief. He works his way up. Look at that. Work yeah. that ladder. He knew how to schmooze it. People loved him. Bumfardo. Yeah. Bumfardo. Come on now. And he did a lot of really good things as fire chief. He busted, there had like this arson ring. Like, I don't think they were connected, but there were all these arsons going huh. on. And he managed to bust them all. He busted the arson. Somehow. Nice. And, um, and he modernized the department. He got him really good equipment. Okay. He did um, fire prevention training in town. He boosted morale. He recognized service of you oh, know the fellow cool. firefighters. Yeah. And the fire department was absolutely life to him. It was everything. Mm-hmm. So people loved his dedication. They also loved his crazy style. Yeah, it fit in. He's very Key West. Mm-hmm. When I described him, he was wearing all red, right? Yeah. That was an everyday thing for him. It wasn't just, <laughs> oh, that day that he got busted. Yes. He pretty much wore red or another really bright color. Mm-hmm. Never wore black. Okay. Wouldn't wear it. I respect it. Um, his whole house decorated in red, and he wore all like, this gold jewelry. Is it fire jewelry. engine red, or is he doing different Yeah, tones? no, it's like a deep fire oh, engine wow. red. He's wearing all this gold jewelry. His badge, he had his badge gold-plated and, mm-hmm. like, encrusted with gems. What? Yeah, he why not? He had a gem-encrusted yeah. shield? <laughs> yeah, fire department is life, baby. Why did he wear red? Spiritual protection. Oh, naturally? Of course. Santa Barbara. Um, you see... Bum Fardo was a practitioner of Santeria. I was close. You were close <laughs> with Santa close. Barbara. <laughs> so Santeria, as you know, Santeria mm-hmm. is a religion belief system originated in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, not practiced by Bradley Hull of no, Sublime. No, not at all. It doesn't have a crystal ball. It's a blend of Yoruba beliefs from West Africa, Catholicism, mm-hmm. indigenous beliefs and practices, and spiritism from Europe in the 1800s. Um, there are many spirits. Mm-hmm. And they're spun mainly from the Yoruba religion, but they each get tied to a Roman Catholic saint. Yeah. And there's a creator deity, and the spirits and saints are all in service of this force, mm-hmm. um, Olo Dumare. Yep. And practitioners make altars. They give offerings to the spirits, to the supreme force, primarily Afro-Caribbean, yeah. as you know. Mm-hmm. Bumfardo was of Spanish ancestry, but I think because of the proximity to Cuba and the Cubans kind of gave him entry into this belief system. Okay. So we're talking about Santa Barbara. He had the Santa Barbara sticker. Mm-hmm. In Santeria, Santa Barbara is known as Chungo. Yes. The fire spirit. Yes. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> so as an arsonist, you're yeah. a big fan. <laughs> as a child arsonist. <laughs> so another thing that Bumfardo was passionate about was baseball. Of course. You know, it was fire and baseball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two great tastes. And he managed to blend Santeria and baseball really effectively. <laughs> How does one do that? Well, he managed a Little League team. Well, I'm thinking of the, that movie Major League Baseball where they have uh, the... 
The guy who practices Joe Santa, Boo. Joe Boo. Yeah. yeah. F you, Joe Boo. Then you say, up your butt, Joe Boo. Yeah, that's <laughs> Major League is such a good movie. And Joe Boo plays a, a very important role. So that's what I'm picturing right now when you talk there about it this. Is. Is Dennis Haysbert in a, mm-hmm. u- a, Cleveland, a Cleveland uniform. Before he became president yes, in 24. So, and sold me insurance. <laughs> um, so he managed, Bum Fardo managed okay. a Little League team. And um, according to a bunch of different reports that I read, he would often light a red candle and place it on the bumper of El Jefe Mobile mm-hmm. <laughs> um, during games to try and get the spirits to, like, guide the team to a win. Yes, that's very Florida. That's so amazing. So you hear the descriptions of this guy. You have to think, maybe he's a little shady. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're just he, a he's character. He's bright, but yet somehow shady. He's a little shady. Um, he's much beloved in town, but he's also involved with some criminal elements, bad practices. Not Bumfardo. Bumfardo. Why? Um, (laughs) November 1968. So four years after he became fire chief, he was suspended on charges that he forged the signature of another firefighter on a check. Oh. Yeah. And that he forced those working under him to take out personal loans on his behalf. Uh, uh, Oh, oh. Oh, (laughs) And that he took other people's per diems for himself. Yikes. Yeah. And then he just generally, like, fudged the payroll books. It's like, look, I'm not good with math. He's, you know, he's I can't fast read my and writing sometimes. He, the spirits told him. Is it an eight? Is it a nine? Who cares? <laughs> um, so he gets brought up in front of the city's civil service board. Okay. <laughs> and the board hears the case, and they're just like, nah, whatever, let it's it go. It's Bumfardo. It's fine. It's a you know, Bumfardo. And I'm only going to say his name full. It's like David Lee Roth. Yeah. You can only say Mr. David Mr. Lee Roth David or David Lee Roth. Lee Roth. Yes. You can't just call him Dave or mm-hmm. Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lee Roth. It's always so. This is always Bumfardo. So the board is like Bumfardo, whatever. Just you do you, baby. Yeah. And um, the evidence against him was really clear. And some people were a little surprised that the whole thing went away. But actually, most people weren't surprised. There were some, but most weren't surprised because the head of the board was a man named Waldo Veliz. Waldo Veliz was Bumfardo's nephew. Boom, 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 and ding, ding, ding. I think we just found the explanation. <laughs> bum, 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 and a fart, a fart, a fart. <laughs> so the phony check incident isn't what got him arrested in your imagination exercise, Aaron. Oh, what was it? That went down in 1975. Right, right. I was doing the disco check. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you're in the short shorts, yeah. strutting your stuff. When we come back from this break... Um, I'm going to let you know what Bum Fardo did to get tackled by the cops at 8 in the morning in front of his own house. Please do. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. 
a good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so before I was so rudely interrupted... Capitalism! I was telling you about Bum Fardo. Yes, you were. And he was the fire chief in Key West, Florida. Mm -hmm. Key West had been a vital outpost for the U.S. Navy in the 50s and early 60s. Yes, totally. Right. Close to Cuba mm-hmm. is the whole 90-mile thing. And therefore, because it's close to Cuba, it's by extension close to the Soviets, um, as the close as we could get. By the mid-60s, the Navy started to pull out, and they took a huge part of the economy with them. Yeah. Yep. Um, what business was really starting to expand in the 60s? Uh, drug dealing? There you go. Oh, was I serious? I, totally, I got it? Totally. I was just going with what yeah. I know that was Plastics expanding. Plastics yeah. and drugs. Um, 
people couldn't live on fishing alone because that's like a the huge thing is the oh, fishing yeah, there. Great fishing. Yeah. And, and so, fishing tours, all the whole industry of tourism around it. Exactly. It wasn't just like they're going out and catching fish and feeding but America. You, you it's can't, more like you can't just you can't really survive on that the way they had been. It's mercurial. You have to wait. Bad mm-hmm. weather can doom you for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Of, so they got all these boats, right? Mm-hmm. Put them to use. Oh, and you know that what they happen to be close to. Drugs. <laughs> Las Drugas. So um drugs are everywhere. Like yes, literally are. you're wading through cocaine. It's like <laughs> snow drifts on the city streets. Is that dandruff? No, that's cocaine. <laughs> it's cocaine. Um Bum Fardo knows everybody, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's not averse to stepping outside of the law, as we've learned yes, with his check issues. Um, he's actually really cozy with the Tampa Mafia. <laughs> the Tampa Mafia Specific- sounds like... I know, doesn't it sound like I'm making fun of... No, <laughs> but they're... Like, Michelle plays like sunburns, short sleeves, and like broken noses, you know? <laughs> and broken dreams. Uh, the Tampa Mafia was a real thing, and he was close with the mob boss, Santo Traficante. Oh, the Traficante family? Uh-huh. They're legit. Okay, so you were making fun. Oh, yeah, no, no. They're legit, legit. The Say Traficante family. No, no, Say I will not. Say it to not. their faces. No. <laughs> um, so corruption is absolutely rampant, as you can probably guess. Drug trade, booming. Uh-huh. Big biz. Um, one detective at the time noted that buying drugs in Key West was, quote, as easy as walking in and ordering a meal, and cocaine was as common as key lime pie. <laughs> but what was the price? <laughs> <laughs> they made like a froth of cocaine yeah. for the top of the key lime pie to blend into the meringue. The kids love the cocaine. Oh, yeah. So one day, a local man named Titus Walters comes to bum Fardo. Mm-hmm. Titus had with him a man he said was his cousin named Larry Dollar. That is not his real name. It is, though. That's yeah, what's so really? wild. Yeah. So oh, Larry Dollar. Uh, Larry. <laughs> Larry Dollar asks, and Bum Fardo walk into a bar. He asks his new pet. Well, he, he goes up to bum Fardo and he's like, bum can I score some Coke from you? Just ask him. Just, hey. He's like, look, you're the local fire chief. How you chief. doing? How, weather, it's a little humid. Can yeah. I Can I score some Coke? Love the glasses, and I'm betting you know where I get some cocaine. <laughs> sure, says Bum Fardo. <laughs> Let me talk to my friend Manny James. <laughs> Manny names. James? Why, the stepson of police chief Winston James? <laughs> yes. The very same. Uh-huh. Uh, you mean city attorney Manny James? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that one. Oh, the Manny James, who is also defense counsel for a bunch of drug runners. That Manny James? Yes, you know him. Yeah. With the good cocaine. Larry Larry Dollar's all about it. <laughs> yes. He's like, you know what? Yes, he gives Bum Fardo a gold and diamond pinky ring as payment for a couple ounces of coke. Wow. On the spot. The problem was that Manny James was on vacation in the Bahamas and Bum Fardo couldn't get a hold of him. So Manny James is the plug, yeah. as you'd say. Uh-huh. And Bum Fardo is, calls him up. Sorry, no, he's out. He's at Sandals. Yeah. You know, he can't, <laughs> he can't come, come back up. to you. He's learning how to play the steel drum. So um, he's trying to get a hold of, of Manny, can't get him. Larry Dollar, you know, would call and be like, so where's my blow? And <laughs> I Bum got a Fardo, big party this weekend. Yeah. He's like, I need to clear my sinuses. <laughs> Bum Fardo was like, oh, you know, I'm just, hold on. Give me, give me a little time. I'm still working on it. Um, Bum Fardo, stalling, stalling. Uh, a couple weeks go by. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And Larry Dollar had had enough. He's, He's like, like, I need my Coke, man. Yeah. He's like, I'm an addict. I need <laughs> I need the cocaine. Um, the so, one problem with being a cocaine dealer is you have to deal with people who are cocaine users. I would imagine. 
So he and Bumfardo meet up at the fire station mm-hmm. where all the good drug deals go down. Naturally, that's just the spot. It's right next to City Hall, so yeah. it's super convenient. And probably close to the cops. So. Yeah. Bumfardo tells Larry Dollar, look, I am so sorry I don't have your Coke. And as like a courtesy, as, as kind of like a, a fun thing I'm going to do for you, have this bag of weed <laughs> to hold you over. That's that's an odd choice. Like like, com- I know you wanted cocaine. Please enjoy. Here's please enjoy this complimentary sachet of marijuana mm-hmm. in place in lieu of the cocaine to be delivered later. <laughs> I and promised you a bottle of liquor. Here's some quaaludes. He's like, we I good? told you I can get you drugs. Yeah, like drugs are drugs. Here's some drugs. And so you Do know, you want the drugs or not? Larry Dollar's like, hmm, all right, I'll take this. I'll take this weed. I'll go. I'll take this smoke. <laughs> They're using all like the he's all take the cabbage, all the all he the got terms. That good jazz cabbage. He's like this sticky broccoli will do for me right now, and then they're just all rolling their eyes at each other. He actually coined the term the sticky icky. He did. Just, yeah. Larry Dollar and the sticky icky. Um, so Bumfardo, he finally gets in touch with Manny James, <laughs> and he's like, I need Tudor powder, and I need it now, and so he gets it. And Bumfardo gets in touch with Larry Dollar. Meet me at the fire station. (laughs) The the drug spot. So Bumfardo brings a little taste of the yayo for Dollar, Mm -hmm. right? Dollar is impressed. He's like, this stuff's really good. This is high quality. Where what is this? Like Is he like doing like the like the the rub it on his teeth? Probably. Oh yeah. He probably like took a Swiss army knife and stuck it in like the Yeah, cut the kilo like he's on like a It's like a baggie. (laughs) He rubs it on his gums. Um they agree to meet one more time two days later to finish the deal. So Bum Fardo just lets him like taste it. Give it a little sniff sniff. And he's like, Oh yeah, this is really good. He's like, all right, well meet me back here at the firehouse in two days. I don't get it. Um now the full amount of Coke Mm-hmm. For the diamond pinky ring was the deal. Mm-hmm. Deal goes down. Everyone's happy. Larry Dollar is especially happy because Larry Dollar is actually DEA agent Larry Dollar. Still his real name, though. Yeah. And okay. he's part of Operation Conch. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Operation Conch was a joint effort between the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the Dade County Organized Crime Bureau, DEA up in there, too, okay. obviously. So... A conch, you know, it mm-hmm. looks like conch written out, but the pronunciation is conch. Mm-hmm. Um, a marine mollusk. Yeah, the the big, beautiful shell. Yeah, those the most, really gorgeous. The shell most mm-hmm. people think of. And it's native to Key West. Yeah. yeah. That's why they gave it the name Operation Conch. My family's a bunch of shell seekers, so we used to go to those beaches I, for those shells. I like they, doing some beach combing myself. Yeah, but I like how the military, or in this case the DEA, when they name an operation, it's always like... They're like two steps below the people who name paint. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> people named paint are like they're hungry and they're like, oh, this is going to be banana loaf. And then that's the name of the yeah. paint company. The military, it's like, uh, what's my first word association? Right. And sometimes they try and like tint it with something really tough. Yeah. Like, you Operation know. Condor. Yeah, like Buff Eagle or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, or it's kind of silly, like Operation Rudy Tootie. You know, just like, what? Oh. Operation Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity. Because <laughs> they're going to bust them at, what was that, a Denny's? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so um, I, I think that I should be hired to name all the operations. And I want to name Paint. So okay. between well, then, the two of us, we got to I'm just putting it out there, everybody. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and let everyone know I'm available. Is that what, how LinkedIn works? It what, has something to do with LinkedIn? jobs. I don't know. I don't know. So we've got Operation Conk. Mm-hmm. For over a year, 
They'd been tracking a drug smuggling network in Key West that operated right under the coked up noses of local law enforcement. Okay. So, <laughs> coked up noses. Tra- now, because of this and the understood corruption in Key West, the task force didn't tell the sheriff, didn't tell the police chief, didn't tell Manny, the city attorney about the operations or the impending raid. <laughs> Good, because the police chief is the father of the city attorney, who himself is the coke supplier. Yeah. So they knew they knew they were doing a good thing here. Now, the goal of the whole thing was to clean up the city. They had their eyes on this group of dudes, mm-hmm. a special group of them. Now, when they figured they had enough to take everyone down, they organized what they referred to as handcuff day. <laughs> Cuffing season. Bring your kids to work day, followed by (laughs) handcuff day. Well, in prep for it, they bring in this task force, a huge strike force from out of town. Special jackets, the whole bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, is that, like, if you've got this whole group of physically fit men Mm -hmm. and they're coming into town Mm -hmm. and they have to get hotel rooms Mm -hmm. and rent cars, and for some reason, they didn't think they could just rent the rooms and just do their thing. They had to come up with a cover story. Because they were worried that the town being so small, people would be like aware of them. Yeah, like, like what are all these guys doing okay, here? And her. instead of being like, mind your own business, well, they I, said... Yeah, well, that's probably a smart move, actually. Yeah, so they call up, they're like, hey, um, yeah, I need like 16 rooms. Um, sure. And then I'm also going to need 16 unmarked, I mean, <laughs> cars. And so the rooms, oh, uh, yeah, two men per room. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, oh well, so what are you, what are, you, what are you guys doing here? He said, um, karate tournament. So in they Key West? in Key West, <laughs> like it's just going to be somewhere else in Key West. Somewhere you haven't heard about it's it. A it's a secret karate it's going tournament. Going down to Keith's place. It's on the oh. beach. <laughs> like, it's like the scene from Karate Kid where he's like doing the crane thing on the beach. It's just like thirty dudes lined up doing that, all with short haircuts, wearing short sleeve shirts and a tie, um, topless. Hello. Wait, these it's are the seventies. I don't know. Well, here's that's the thing when you're talking about a tie. So this karate tournament shows up, mm-hmm. and they're all in suits. Yeah, exactly. Like. Total black suits. And at that time, they look, I mean, the FBI agents always kind of look like FBI agents. At that time, really, they look like it. Oh, yeah. So they got all these guys that show up in suits for their karate tournament Mm -hmm. with weapons, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's the shotgun karate tournament. And then they rent all these cars. Uh And so somehow they're able to keep this... Everyone did, bought the the karate. Did they story. put an ad in the local Key West newspaper, like announcing like there's going to be this big karate thing? See now, if they had me on staff, I'm all about logistics and details. Yeah, so I'd be like, you guys, you can't go down there, and then and let me just take out an ad, <laughs> and then I'll put it as like a day that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. So it's on like Saturday the 11th that <laughs> we're gonna have this karate tournament. It's gonna be at the Ramada room yeah, at an address that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like on Law and Order when they have the address of the the like that they go to when they mm-hmm. put it on the screen. Most of them, if you look at it, I've been told I haven't done it myself okay. that it's like in the middle of the river. It's not a real address. Oh, so you like couldn't use it on like yeah. your direction. So. Yeah. So if the street, if like Eighth Street only goes up to the fifteen hundred block, mm-hmm. you say you're in the two thousand block. Okay, so it's the equivalent of five five five. Yeah, two eight three. Totally. being the phone number for or whatever. Totally. I'll start with so that's what they should have done, but they got away with it, so I'll, I'll allow it. Um, so they Very show generous. up at all the hotels the morning of September 9th, nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. Thirty federal agents got into unmarked cars <laughs> and proceeded to spend the next five hours or so arresting nineteen dudes. 
What about their karate? They had to put that's at nighttime. It's oh, okay. night karate. Night karate. They're like, we're here for the night karate tournament. <laughs> um, the first guy they get, Bum Fardo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Respect. You know, start at the top. Get well, the chief, work your way down. You remember what he did when the agents jumped out of the unmarked car to arrest him, right? Yeah, he threw the evidence apparently at them. Well, he, no, he pulls off the diamond pinky ring that Larry Dollar yeah, gave him. The one that's yeah. right. So I'm assuming that's like, oh, I don't well, have it anymore. I think, yeah, he figured if I give it back, then yeah. it's a refund. There wasn't a sale. <laughs> no deal. No deal. Just take it. Give backs. Give backs. He loved the pinky ring, though. It totally fit his style. So <laughs> he was, imagine. he lost, you know? It was, um, so while he was certainly the absolute flashiest, he was also the very bottom rung of this operation. He was super, super small time. Oh, chief was not in charge. No, they started at the bottom and mm-hmm. then worked their way up arrest-wise that day. Okay. So they bust him on the weed and coke sales. All right. And then they also, when they raided his house, they found a couple sawed-off shotguns. Yeah. So they got him on that. Okay. <laughs> sawed-off shotguns? Yeah. So Bum Fardo and the other arrestees were all bailed out by... Um, this guy who was also arrested, mm-hmm. the bail bondsman was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> he posted bail the... for all of them. <laughs> Did he do it from the jail cell? Yeah. Um, and then Bum Fardo, he turns around, he hires a defense attorney, mm-hmm. Manny James, <laughs> who was also arrested that day. <laughs> now, somehow the charges against Manny James get dropped and he never goes to trial. Hmm. Somehow. Uh, but Bumfardo, his trial is set for February 1976. Okay, and these are federal cases he's going to be about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the night before it's all set to start, Bumfardo goes to see his family doctor. Yeah, you know, you want to get right before court. Well, he tells the doctor, man, I'm in so much pain right now. It hurts. (laughs) Where does it hurt? (laughs) My tummy. (laughs) Bumfardo said his tummy hurt. Get out. He really did? He did. He said his stomach was killing him. Um, The doctor later was like, you know, he came in. He looked real pale. He looked bad. Looked in a bad way. And he's like, my tummy. (laughs) And so um, the doctor diagnoses him with severe stomach ulcers. Oh, yeah, so, something that I think that Fardo had had in the past, uh-huh. but um, <laughs> so the doctor did, prescri- the, did the doctor write on the note he has tummy ulcers. Or yeah, did he, he write was like, like he was like bad tum tum, and then a frowny <laughs> face. Um, the doctor diagnoses him with the stomach ulcers. He prescribes really strong, like super strong antacids. Okay, and he tells him you have to be admitted to the hospital. This is really, really oh, yeah. bad tummy. You can bleed out with ulcers. You got a bad tummy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's super understanding and supportive, okay. you know, don't you think? So if your name is Bum Fardo, what hospital do you go to? Oh, I, I, I'm going to not do well at this. I'm going to say the slappy pappy home for elder and abandoned fathers. That's really close. Bum Fardo was sent to the Depu Hospital. <laughs> You're making this stuff no, up. I'm you not. Are, I don't care what you tell me. You are making <laughs> this not. stuff up. I know I the make Depu stuff up all the time. Hospital. But that's the name of the hospital in spelled? Key West. D E, like capital D, lowercase uh-huh. e, capital P O O. Oh, so it's like French. It's Depu. Depu. Or Bum I guess it's probably more like Spanish. Yeah, Depu. Um, I okay. I am both lauded and derided for what one disgruntled listener termed me as dropping a gross out. <laughs> Um, I don't think this qualifies. This is just a truthful statement. Now, we're doing it in a very juvenile way. Yes, Bumfardo had to be accepted to Depu Hospital for problems with his bad tum tum. He's got a bad tum tum. So there's Bumfardo sitting in (laughs) Depu. Why? 
<laughs> this is custom. When this happened, were they like, someday this woman, Elizabeth Dutton, is going to tell this story and it's going to delight her. <laughs> I didn't know I said so much gross stuff until I started doing this show. And it turns out I I guess I do. You learn something new every day, yeah. sometimes about it's yourself. It's a lot of self-discovery yeah. that I'm going through here. So Bumfardo sitting in the poo. <laughs> The DA's office sends over a doctor to examine Bumfardo, and they declared that he didn't have severe ulcers. Wait a minute. What? Uh, they're like, pop a couple Tums. For See your you in court. Issues your tum tummies. Uh, no reason you can't go to court, my man. So the trial then actually starts. Bumfardo did not testify. Larry Dollar testified. Open and shut case. So much evidence. So the jury takes 30 minutes. And they convict Bumfardo on They just one... wanted a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, yeah, so they're paying for our lunch. Yeah. Let's just get this now. So um, misdemeanor count, selling the weed. Mm-hmm. Two felony counts for the selling of the Coke. Okay. Um, and then they were going to do the the prosecution's pushing for the maximum sentence. They, want... they didn't go for battery of an officer by throwing a diamond <laughs> ring at him. I know. they All these enhancements yeah. they could have had. <laughs> they want 31 years for bum fardo. For a little bag of well, coke and some weed? The one is the one year for the weed. But okay. they want 15 years each for the cocaine charges. Because he's now a distributor? I suppose. Damn. I don't know. One week after the trial, and, you know, Bumfardo's awaiting sentencing at this mm-hmm. point. And he has another weapons charge oh, for the, hanging over the, the sawed-off shotguns. Yeah. So he's waiting on those. That's like in two months or something. Um, he tells his wife, he's like, honey, I'm going to drive to Miami and see a friend of mine. I need to get out. I just, I need the air. Things have been tough lately. You mm-hmm. know, they took away all my sawed-off shotguns. Mrs. I haven't been able to get blow from Manny James. It's been a tough time Mrs. for me. Mrs. Fardo. <laughs> Dear Mrs. Fardo. Big Fardo. Love of my life, Mrs. Fardo. <laughs> She's, her name is Tiny Fardo. Get I don't up. know what her name is. Okay. That, that I that made up. That one you made up. Um, so he says, I got to go to Miami to see a friend. When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you about Bum Fardo's road trip. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, 
playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Zarin, how are you, you old so-and-so? Oh, you're still here. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Elizabeth? <laughs> I've just been sitting here in the dark. The last time we were together here, I was telling you about Bumfardo. Yes, you were. Mm-hmm. Old Bumfardo, Key West fire chief, uh, small-time, low-level drug dealer. And fashion plate. Let's and be real. incredible fashionista. Uh, according to the accounts that I've read, it seems like pretty much everyone in town was at least doing some level, low-level dealing or running. It, so he wasn't stand out in that way. Kids were selling bricks of hash at lemonade stands. <laughs> Old ladies had hollowed out copies of Reader's Digest filled with baggies of Coke. You know, small town living. Um, then there's Bumfardo, right? Mm-hmm. He's wearing these flashy red leisure suits, his rose-colored glasses. We cannot forget that, that he's wearing these pink-tinted lenses all it's the time. all I've been picturing. So amazing. Gold for days. He's yes. drippings. Uh, selling Coke in the parking lot of the fire station. I imagine he's the kind of guy who has, like, a gold bracelet, and then on the gold bracelet is a gold bracelet. <laughs> yes. Gold on gold on gold. We heard you like gold bracelets. Yeah, how about? Yeah. So um, I also, can I just take a time out for a second to talk about the hit Fox TV show 911? (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you that Bobby on the hit Fox TV show 911, he may have killed his whole family in a fiery fit of drunken ineptitude. Spoiler alert. Of the firefighter chief. Yeah. But he would never sell Coke in the parking lot of whatever 
station number they are that floats all over Los Angeles. Yeah, well, unless Angela Bassett needed him to sell the Coke, and then he'd be pushing that product like Pablo Escobar. She would be so disappointed in him. She'd give him that side-eye pursed face. Pursed lips. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, so Bobby wouldn't do that. (laughs) Bumfardo, though, he's pushing small weight, gets busted. (laughs) He needs an Angela Bassett. Yeah, right? What's up, Mrs. Fardo? Step up. She needs to just drive a police cruiser around and do busting on her own. (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, bum Fardo. Back to (laughs) 9-1. I went from someone who never watched TV. Yes. This is the damage of the... The pandemic. Of the pandemic Mm -hmm. that I suddenly started. I was fascinated that... This was a hit TV show. So I'd never heard of why. it. And I started watching it, and then I was like, hate watching it, uh-huh. and now I love it. Yeah. That's what happened how, to that's me. That's what happens with hate watching. It turns into mm-hmm. love. Now, I can't say the same. I still hate watch 9-11, Ro- Lone Star, whatever Lone Star, the yeah, Rob Lone, Lone Star, yeah. But that's, look at, look at what, I've been broken by the pandemic. Or, we can put it another way, mm-hmm. you were broken, and in your broken places, it were filled in with gold. <gasps> the gold of nine one one. Yes. I'm really bummed that the season just ended. What Did am I going to really? do over the summer? I don't even know. Don't know. Call me when it's over. Okay. <laughs> so uh, back to Bum Fardo. Mm-hmm. He's cooling his heels, trying, awaiting his fate. Maybe 31 years. Who's to say? That's just so outrageous. Yeah. So he's like, I got to let off some steam. I got to. I have to go to Miami. Bienvenidos yeah. a Miami. Guess and up. see my friend. Guess up the Eldorado. Well, the problem is the Eldorado was a city car. The El Jefe Mobile. Right. He doesn't have a car anymore. Oh. It's just sitting in an impound lot, I would imagine. (laughs) Or they're painting it. Like he's standing there, one tear running down his face as he's watching them paint the car. Put it into the, what's the spray coat? The spray coat. What's it called? Something coat. Anyway, I'm sure someone will send me a message about it. Um, Anyway, so the El Jefe car, not his. Um, So he rents a 1976 Pontiac Le Mans. Oh, Which is bad. exactly the car my grandpa had when I was little. Wow. A land yacht. Yes, that's a big, another big Lamont. car. Yeah. yeah. Um, what color do you think the rental was? Burgundy? Close, red. Darn, I was good. He has to get a red car. Yeah, I know. So he tells his wife, look, just going up to Miami. I'll be back tonight. Off he goes. No luggage, just vibes. <laughs> Heading to Miami. It's the only way to go to Miami. Yeah, of course. Just vibes. Two Nothing weeks vibes. go by. No bum fardo. Ooh. Now, when I say no bum fardo, it kind of <laughs> sounds like someone trying to talk about their gastrointestinal distress <laughs> in like a problematic, insensitive, <laughs> geographically amorphous, choppy accent. I'm really sorry about that, but no bum fardo. Um, so people are starting to wonder where you sound he like is. like a pediatrician talking to like a parent no, who no doesn't bum quite fardo. understand. Yeah. No, 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 no bum, bum fardo. fardo. If bum fardo come <laughs> back Or you tomorrow. go into the doctor, you're like, what's wrong? No bum fardo. <laughs> been weeks um i'm backed right. up doc i'm real backed up <laughs> gross outs right and left uh people are starting to wonder where's bum fardo <laughs> where's my bum fardo um when asked Smell about you it later key west <laughs> his wife um was asked like well where's where's bum fardo mm-hmm. lady fardo <laughs> she's her answer was it gets me too upset. I don't want to talk about it. Wait, just mention of her husband? Yeah. She said, I'm, I can't say anything. It gets me too upset. Okay. So I love that response. Yeah, that's, that's my response for everything from now on. <laughs> can't talk about it. you want pizza or sushi? I can't talk it about it. Me it gets me too, me too upset. upset. No bum fardo. <laughs> um, pretty soon there's a manhunt underway. A fardo hunt. The cops are searching all over, high and low. Mm-hmm. 
and they come up empty. In the meanwhile, he gets convicted in absentia on the weapons charges. Oh, yeah. 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 So three weeks after he left, mm-hmm. the Le Mans was found. Oh. In Miami on Calle Ocho. Ah, 8th Street. Street. In Little Havana. <laughs> there it is. Um, covered in parking tickets. Okay. Just resplendent in parking <laughs> tickets. Um, and it looked like, based on the dates on the tickets, that he'd been parked there for at least two weeks. Oh. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, though, they had nothing. Law enforcement had no idea where Bumfardo went. So I'm guessing he cut and run and didn't he cut get, and didn't get cut <laughs> and then disappear. Like, he doesn't know enough to be taken out. Well, He's yeah. He's more of a silent but deadly Fardo. <laughs> His silence was deadly. (laughs) Um, Everyone else, though, so the cops are like, where's Bumfardo? I don't know. Everyone else has ideas, like you. Yes. Coming up with ideas. So the Miami Herald, they interviewed a bunch of people in that June of 1976. Okay. And they asked them, what do you think? What do you think happened to Bumfardo? (laughs) And these are just, these are solid gold, these responses. (laughs) I'm going to do dramatic readings. Please, I was hoping you would. Yeah. So the first one, Charles Felton, he's a friend of Bumfardo's. Mm. And he says, I think Bum's alive. I just had that feeling, faith and all that. <laughs> you know, he's a breezy fellow. That's how faith works for Yeah. Him. And so then they talk to this local store clerk named Sue Ellen Gibson. Mm. And she says, most people think he was killed because the rest of them got away with it and they're still here. I think he just lost himself somewhere. <laughs> Very nice dramatic yeah, right? creation. Yeah. I could hear it. Thank you so much. Um I'll accept my awards later. So then we get to we get to Jennifer Smith. She says, He's back living it up in Cuba. He's back anywhere. Who knows? Who cares? Your girl. I love that is my <laughs> res- who knows? Who cares? I love the I love the phrase who cares so much. Um, you taught me to enjoy it. And I, I love he's back living it up in Cuba. Honey, he never came went came from Cuba. <laughs> Like, his family was from Spain. He was born here. He went to, back to Cuba or whatever. <laughs> Jennifer, get your act together. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> get out of here. Then we got Tom DeBase, another guy who's interviewed. He says, uh, I think he's uh, wiped out because he uh, knew too much. Probably mm. dumped overboard from some shrimp boat, uh, the old cement shoe thing. Either that or he's in uh, Staten Island. Okay, so we got a New York transplant in Key West. Yeah, I, I, guess. Tell you, I know how these things Staten go. Staten Island, first of all, the old cement shoe thing. I want to apologize for all my accents right now, though. I'm not meaning Oh, those were accents? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like possessed. Giving you plausible deniability. Go with it. Go I'm with just it. trying to inhabit these characters. I'm just trying to give them a rich life and experience. Okay? Yeah, no. I, I, all right? They inhabited me with life. I feel like everyone's going to get mad at me now. Do you, for do doing want, accents. Do you want me to do worse accents? I can take some heat. <laughs> you always, you, you put yourself in the firing line for me too often <laughs> on these things. So, uh, but yeah, Staten Island. Why Staten Island? Who knows? Who cares? Quite frankly. <laughs> You're getting good at this. Yeah. David Johnson, a hotel maintenance rep- and repairman said, Bum Fardo is definitely alive and well and living in Spain. Mm. I noticed one time Manny James walked in there with a T-shirt that said, Bum is alive and well in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. Right? <laughs> he's alive because Manny James, according to uh, David Johnson, is strutting around in a t-shirt that says, Bum is alive and well in Spain. I get all of my news from novelty t-shirts. <laughs> if I see it on a t-shirt, that's how I know what's going on in world events. So you're I like, saw the shirt. You and see said, this guy, it says, if you bought it, a trucker brought it. You're like, I'm well, like, that's true. It's true. It's 100% true. Um, then, so there are theories floating around about South America. Cuba, Spain, New York, theories that he's dead, theories that he's in witness protection. Mm -hmm. To this day, no one knows what happened to him. Oh. Who knows? Who cares? Really? Yeah. No one knows. He managed to actually disappear. Gone. Gonzers. He's a disappearing (laughs) farto. He just vanished. Poof. Poof. Gone. Just a puff of air. Um, That mystery, though, drove an entire cottage industry for a while there in Key West. What? As speculation mounted as to the whereabouts of Bum Fardo, uh-huh. novelty shops in Key West started tell- selling T-shirts that read, Where is Bum Fardo? <laughs> so T-shirts, once again. June 1976, just a couple months after the disappearance, shops had sold more than a thousand shirts. I'm, uh, I'm like going to add this to my list of novelty shirts that I need to get. <laughs> like, I have to well, have one of these. Paul Taylor, one of the owners of these novelty shops, said, quote... People sometimes buy five or six of them at a time, like they're into some kind of group identity trip. It's probably kids who like to do a lot of coke. People have seen the T-shirts as far away as California. And then they get to Key West. They come in and ask for them. They come from New York and they say, listen, we were in Fire Island and people are talking about them. They'd seen them on there on TV, too. Everyone can relate to a bum fardo fire chief who was busted for cocaine and missing. It's kind of like a future Key West folklore. Everyone can relate to. It's the most relatable <laughs> thing ever. A fire chief named Bum Fardo who disappeared after a cocaine I bust. I mean, what is more relatable? How many times have we heard that story? Boy meets girl, boy loses girl. Bum Fardo <laughs> tries to sell cocaine, disappears. It's a story as old it's, as time. It's a trope at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a little stale. The other day, frankly. I was watching a Columbo, and they had a Bum <laughs> Fardo riff that they were doing. I hope they have it on nine one one. I bet they will. Um, You know, it's just the kids who like to do a lot of coke running the t-shirt business there. So the shirts get super popularized by none other than Jimmy Buffett. Oh, the parrot head in chief? Yeah, he was seen wearing one on stage, Mr. Buffet, wearing a shirt. Can I admit something to you? Go ahead. My grandparents sold Jimmy Buffett t-shirts in their store that was named after Key West. Wow. Yes. Key West Fragrances in Tampa, or actually it was in Clearwater. They had the store on the beach <laughs> and they sold Jimmy Buffett t-shirts. And that's how I know who Jimmy they, Buffett wait, was. They sold Jimmy t-shirts. t-shirts to Jimmy Buffett? No, no. They sold Jimmy Buffett made t-shirts. <laughs> and this is like in the 80s. And it would be like a t-shirt from like, welcome to Margaritaville. But then, so it's a, t- it's a t-shirt a with a picture of him. a t-shirt, but like with like his artwork. And so it's all like cartoon all right, style uh, 80s. I got to Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay, so... First, I thought they were selling T-shirts to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> no. Then I thought they were selling T-shirts with photos of Jimmy of Buffett Jimmy screened face. on them. No. no. So it's Jimmy Buffett creates T-shirts yes. with his artwork on it. Yes, around this time. That smell like coconut oil. Yes, and uh, broken pop tops. <laughs> oh, well, apparently... <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, you're the lifeblood of your grandparents' business. Um, he wrote Bum Fardo into a song lyric. Oh, okay. Now, my distaste for Mr. Buffett prohibited me from looking up that lyric. Wait, you I just don't couldn't... like Jimmy Buffett? Are we going to have a moment here? 
Who knows who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't stand them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Loathe. I, Let me cancel that playlist. <laughs> I just can't take it. But I'll tell you, like, a strong Jimmy Buffett memory I have is mm. that when I was little, like young, maybe like 10, our neighbors across the street um, had their friends over and they were all going to go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Okay. And they were tying one on in the afternoon. <laughs> and one Very of Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And the friends are like middle aged, right? Oh, yeah, They're the whole It's like the kids across the street, their parents. Okay. And so the, the, the lady there, the friend, was sitting like I'm riding my bike <laughs> and she's in the driveway drinking with all her friends. <laughs> And I, the, I was supposed to like water their plants or something while they were out getting hammered at the Jimmy Buffett Pre-gaming concert. Pre-gaming for Jimmy Buffett, yeah. And the lady, I don't know her, and she says to me, she was like, "Come here, come here, come here." And I go up to her, and she's I know like, I will buy you cigarettes. She's ma'am. got like, well, she's got like a Virginia Slim hanging out of her mouth, and she goes, "You know, I got to tell you something. You know what the best cure for a hangover is?" <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, and I'm flatlining, staring at her. She's like, a tuna sandwich, (laughs) French fries, and a chocolate milkshake. But you got to dip the fries in the milkshake. But it's got to be a tuna sandwich. (laughs) She's telling you this. I didn't. Now, I I am a very polite person no matter what I think about them. Like, I can't help myself. (sighs) I didn't say a word. I just turned, got on my bike, and rode away. And so I, I hope this this adult remembers that story too. I don't think she remembers yeah, much. I don't think so. And so anytime I hear about Jimmy Buffett, I think of that. And then I start thinking about tuna sandwiches. And I'm like, you know what? I like tuna sandwiches. Don't really like Jimmy Buffett. Have you ever dipped the fries in the shake though? No. Mm. no. I've got friends who swear by that. I bet. I also have friends who swear by Jimmy Buffett. So don't <laughs> so listen to that. there you go. Uh, anyway, who knows who cares? <laughs> to quote Jennifer Smith. Um, what, what, Zarin, is your ridiculous takeaway here? Oh, man. <laughs> In this wealth of ridiculousness that we've waded through, like the drifts of cocaine on the streets of Key West. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I would say my ridiculous takeaway is if you are named Bum Fartel <laughs> and you, you have a wife and she's willing to take your last name, treat her right, or... <laughs> When you disappear, she will not care and not want to talk about it. I think if you're named Bum Fardo, that is a promise you're making to the world, and yes. you have to you have to come through. You got to live up on that. He came through. Oh, he very very much did. As a as somebody with a strange name, he's up in the pantheon <laughs> he, of strange name people. He's fulfilling the contract. Yeah, no, definitely the social contract with the crazy name. I know I've said this a lot lately, but you got to love a good character. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wacky characters in authentic ways. Yes, yes. Not that trying hard. They just are that. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like right now we get a lot of people who are being quirky or eccentric mm-hmm. in kind of a put-on way. Mm-hmm. It's intentional and precious. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. theatrical and performative, and it's meant for you, not for them. Right. I like people who are just strange and they can't help it. Yes. You, who knows who cares, right? <laughs> and they're not apologetic about it, but they're also not trying to, like, get attention. And, mm-hmm. yeah. So wearing red. Having an all red house, that's really rad and weird. I like it. Um, The man's name, Bumfardo. He didn't care. He could have changed his name. No, he he didn't give a damn. I like that kind of organic weirdness. True presentation of Goofy. You could say it it gasses you up. Well, and it's... (laughs) It's it's so steamy. Um, Quirky behavior and lifestyles now are too attached to pre-manufactured and commercial things. Yes. That's my statement, my takeaway. A book series or a film franchise isn't a personality. I'm going (laughs) off into my own screed right now. You're going hard in the paint on this one, huh? But that's like, doesn't make you an outsider. That's a mainstream thing. An outsider is bum fardo, dressed in red, selling Coke at a fire station. (laughs) 
<laughs> to the city attorney. the prophecy of his name. Uh, well, from, so, uh, sorry, that he brought from the city attorney. Yeah, exactly. Get back to me when you're named for a bodily function and you flex on spirits at a Little League game. Just bring it. <laughs> bring it, Bumfardo. That's my takeaway. I like that he's willing to ask for the... You know, the protection of the spirits for Little League. Not for, like, the national game. Not no. for, like, oh, this local team, it's like, the purity, winning. the pure it's essence like of the sport. The kids, they know. They kids. need to know. Exactly. The spirits have their back. That's all I have. I'm all... Well, that was good. Bum my, my cup is full. Like. <laughs> Your cup overfloweth with Bumfardo. That's it. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. If you have a tip for us about a ridiculous crime, confession... Email us, ridiculouscrime at gmail.com, and then tune in next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett, produced and edited by undercover parrothead Dave Couston. Research is by senior arson investigator Marissa Brown. The theme song is by sawed-off shotgun smithies Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are key lime pie aficionados Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.